Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Teacher Podcast, Episode 5, with Bobby Jean Smith. I'm super excited to share this conversation that me and Bobby had. Bobby is an extremely transparent and vulnerable woman who is so in touch with her body and her sensitivity to her emotions and to those that she's around. Being with her in this time and having this conversation with her, I think, really brought a lot of understanding out of me of how how complex we all make this thing called art and really how simple it actually is. And so she kind of breaks down some of these concepts of listening and of letting go that can sometimes seem really challenging to access. But I think my goal inside of this was to really provoke her to share how we can understand these things in the simplicity that they are. So enjoy Bobby Jean Smith. Hello, Bobby. I'm really happy to be talking with you today. There's been like so many questions that I've had for you as we've been um, journeying together through our inner worlds. So firstly, how does your creative process start inside of a dance, inside of something visual, inside of just like, I'm gonna start a new project and I'm gonna see where that goes? Thank you for having me. Um, I usually start with creating a bank of references or inspirations of things that are moving me at the moment. So I gather writing and photos and films and music and I start to make a whole big mood board and tear apart my bedroom and put things up on a wall like I'm searching for a crime. And and then I try to almost then make these association points between different characters or themes. And so then these small connections start to get made or and then following those impulses to then start to build a very loose structure of what I think might we might want to go into the studio with. That's all before studio. Yeah. And then we go into the studio and it's, um, I kind of have in the back of my mind these characters or these people and the different places I want them to arrive and knowing that we start, and then I start, we start to gather movement and trying to create a pretty large bank of movement to then improvise off of and then start to do the same process again with movement and seeing what things connect and fit together. And it just keeps going from there. Yeah. What's moving you right now? Leonard Cohen. And I'm still in the process of Lost Mountain, even though it's been premiered and we have one version of it, I feel that it's just started to... Okay, so Lost Mountain is a dance, theater, music, world. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. It's a world. Yeah. Lost Mountain is a world where um, that's full of being nostalgic. And it's a place where you can kind of go, wow, I'm messing it up. Are you going to edit this? Sure. I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Lost Mountain. What does it feel like? It feels like a dream that you've always wanted, but close your eyes hoping that you'll have. Uh, it is important because to to be nostalgic means that you have had something and to recognize that we all have something and to go to a place where we are allowed to miss that something um, I think is important and I think people are important and it's a place that we are allowed to watch people and people are allowed to see other people and I think that is extremely powerful and important. Yeah. So, so really your art is about the human mm -hmm. and about seeing the person. How, when you're in relationship with people for creating something, how, what's your process been like when a human doesn't want to be seen? Or when, how, how are you empowering someone? Because you can't do it for them. You know, but how how are you inspiring them to allow their own world inside of themselves to be seen? And I think this is like a bigger thing too within our culture that like we don't want to be seen because we're told that we should apologize for our even existence. So when uh, having that vulnerability and having that bravery to be seen, you're such an inspiration for that. And I feel like it comes from just who you are, but what else are you what else have you been experimenting with um i tried to create a very safe environment for people to feel that they can hide and i f i feel that if i can do that they might if they hide s I, I don't know it's tricky and it's different for each person and I'm learning that more as I am allowed to work with more people that it's a different it's a different beast every time for each person and what how do we create the availability to be generous with ourselves and with each other and the other day Giannis a uh, collaborator that Giannis said I think I figured out what makes a good dancer and we're always searching and nerding out on what makes a good dancer. And you know, some days it's like the hands, the hands are the window to the soul. Yeah. It's the connection to the imagination. And, and then he said so brilliantly, he said generosity. How can you be generous? And how can you give, just be up there on stage and give and dare to be seen? Because if you give, it means you are or felt. Maybe it's not about being seen, it's about being felt. I don't know. I feel like uh, part of the experience of finding is also losing. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're so brave in your ability to like lose yourself. Yeah. And even when that you do something before class sometimes where you just ask a question and you allow so much space and time for people to like lose themselves to then find mm -hmm. something. And I think that's like what I see a lot in you is that you, you allow yourself to go to blankness, to, to not know in order to find. Mm -hmm. Has that been something? Actually, yeah. it, it reminds me because um, 
there have been difficult times in a process where I can shut down and I can become hidden and insecure. And, you know, always when we move from a place of insecurity, walls come up and certain monsters appear and we act ways that we're not proud of. And one time Orr said, why are you doing that? And I said, because I don't know. And he said, so why don't you just be honest about not knowing? And I realized that there's so much power in that honesty to, to also be able to be in the front of the room and say, I don't know. Let's keep working. Eventually, we will find out. And maybe we'll find out that we still don't know. But we'll be closer to something. And to trust that. And to trust and to allow that space for other people to trust that. It feels like that goes hand in hand with generosity, like giving the experience inside of yourself that you don't know or giving yourself the experience to feel dark things or to feel emotions that we normally suppress. And then those things get brought out through, um, you know, means that we can't control because it's a boiling pot and because it explodes and then that, you know, affects us so deeply and other people. It feels like your art is in kind of this interesting junction, which I've been feeling a lot with myself too, of that it's like, it's a therapeutic transformational process and that that is the creation of making art. And I'm wondering, like, not all artists think about their work that way. And especially since we live in a society that is based on consumption and creating products, like how, just what are your thoughts on that? I know that I dance to heal myself and to hopefully heal others. I don't necessarily want, I don't think that I can look at my process yet. I'm not sure where that is yet. I think I'll only know with retrospect. For now, I'm just, you know, trying to listen to my inner voice as much as I can and to be as truthful as I can in that. Of course, you know, you can hear the outside world and is this going to be tourable? Is this going to sell tickets? Is this going to be liked? And of course, we all want, I don't think I want to, I don't, hmm. I want it to be understood. I want to be understood. Yeah. What what is what is that moment like when um cuz I think a lot of times we talk about these words of listening mm-hmm. and sometimes it can sound like this very meta thing that doesn't necessarily become practical. How can we make listening practical? Like what is the practicality of it and w- how how is that tool used in like a simple way? Wow, I don't know yet, but I'm I'm totally with you. Yeah. And maybe that's the magic of listening. It's very it's very clear when it's not there, but it's not necessarily clear when it is. And it it has to be listened to. <laughs> right. <laughs> it can't be spoken. Mm-hmm. 
or it can't be thought of, mm -hmm. right? So if it can't be thought of, then we can't necessarily put a thought onto the experience of understanding it. <laughs> I love this uh, kind of philosophical connection between art and life and understanding why we're here and what the fuck we're supposed to do and what we feel like our, our mission is, why we've been brought here. What do you feel like, I know these are such kind of defined answers, but honestly answering them in an undefined way I feel like is exactly who you are and what makes you so special. <laughs> but what do you feel like your message is? dance yeah and I guess it goes back to Leonard Cohen like the um, there's that like the dance of life and how can I keep dancing all the time Uh, sometimes your silence makes me silent, and then I'm like, I'm supposed to be speaking on this podcast, not <laughs> not meditating. <laughs> but I think that almost it's it's really interesting because it's almost like you're answering questions or questioning in uh, these kind of koans. Do you know koans? Koans are like these Zen poems that don't have answers. So it'll be like, how do you clap with one hand? And it's meant to make the student basically go into an internal state of impossibility to like imagine something that like can't be answered. It's like uh, the gate to the unknown kind of is what they call it. Um, it, makes me th it makes me think of what happened in class yeah. yesterday of trying to get up from you know a very low squat on one leg and we thought it was impossible and then John did it and then all of a sudden more than half of the class could do it yeah that's like just you know like if you think something is impossible it is and the minute that someone else shows you a different way the road opens up right and how if one person can do it so many other people can and not in a and not in a way that makes anything less dear or special. Just That's just how it is. I think about Martin Luther King Jr.'s last speech that he gave, where he was like, I have been to the top of the mountain, and I have seen, and we may not see together, but I know it's there, and you will all find it. And that like gratitude for those who have come before us that have had the bravery and the courage to carve. carve. Yeah. Who are some of the people that you feel like have carved for you that you're grateful for? Um, my parents. Mm, Ohad. Sharon. Bob Dylan. Patti Smith. Leonard Cohen. Can you explain why you feel Ohad has carved something for you? I feel that uh, when I first saw his work, it was something that I, I had never seen before, and I didn't know 
people had the permission to go there. And I, he, he gave me the permission. And I didn't know that I needed permission, but he, he gave me keys I didn't know that I had lost. And he was already doing that before I had met him. He was doing that with just by seeing his work. That's like back to the lead by example thing that just doing it and seeing it and the experience itself is enough to open up things in you that you don't even know. And I feel like that has to do with our connection to our body and being so connected to that experience that raw experience inside of ourselves I guess like in our culture so many people are disconnected from their body how do you feel like your mission and what you're doing can reconnect people and what what kind of value is inside of that well I feel like there's two different kind of avenue, I mean, with Gaga, there's that that way of like meeting people and dancing together and helping people, not, and like listening, a collective listening to our bodies that is so powerful and, you know, creates, it reawakens the numb places that we are so often forget. And I hope that with my work that I can do the same by example, by putting things out there that come from a deep place within and that are physical and raw and and delicate at the same time that can hold all of the contradictions that we all know so well in in the body. And that just by seeing it, it can help people listen or it can allow people to listen more to themselves. And through the process of doing this practice and starting to listen to yourself, what do you feel like has changed inside of you? <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Everything because... Because because listening to your body reveals, reveals. so much. Mm -hmm. It reveals all the time different things. And you talk about this process of letting go, which can also seem like this kind of meta concept, mm -hmm. and this process of shedding that we're using gaga and we're using listening to our body to basically shed down layers of conditioning to like open up new possibilities physically emotionally psychologically get wider inside of our vision of the world that letting go what is that for you um it's a surrendering it's a softening to allow and, and to move wider and to hold more, to be able to hold more. Um, Ohad once said something so beautiful. He was like, we, in Gaga, we strengthen our, our engines so that we can move more efficiently and carry more and therefore carry others more easily. 
I told him that one time, and he's like, I said that? <laughs> I'll write you a book of the quotes that you've yeah, said. <laughs> yeah, because I really feel that kind of surrendering and listening to your weakness can allow you to find your true strength, not a superficial strength. So listening to your weakness, what does that look like when when you're not in a studio like at like say for like my mom how does she listen to her weakness uh maybe at a point like at a breaking point uh at a moment where she feels she can't go or do it anymore or just you know one too many things that day even just listening to yeah what does that look like I think just a simple softening before she does one more thing. Right. Allowing herself to just say, tell herself she has time before she does the next thing. Yeah. It's so interesting because all of these things in Gaga are thoughts, right? Like they're thoughts that we initiate that create a physical sensation. And those things are, can be applied much wider than just for dancers. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to say about that? Like how? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the magic of it, that it goes as far as you want it to go. Yeah. It can just stay in the physical part, and it can just help you as a dancer. And, you know, one time Mohad, I, I came to him, and I was like, oh, it's, it's, you know, you're like, it's, you're making me crazy in my mind. And he goes, Bobby, no. This is not a psycho like a psychological, or it's yeah. just not a psychology class. Yeah. This is a physical thing. It has to go down into the body. If it's not seen, it is not thought. Mm. And I, I love that. It's like if it, it, it has to turn into action, yeah. has to turn into something physical. And that's like what our whole experience of being human is, is that like taking these ideas and making art too, which I think is our existence, um, is taking an idea or a concept or a thought and, and making it physical. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. <laughs> yes, Bobby's dancing. Um, where can people find you if they're curious to learn more about what you're doing and the art that you're sharing? You gotta help me on media? this. I I'm on Instagram, okay. <laughs> um, and I try to you know share things when we have performances. And she also has a documentary called Bobby Jean Smith, right? Bobby Jean, and that is really beautiful and worth watching. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. I'm so grateful to get to bring on these amazing creators and to have them share their stories and their journeys with you all. It is so inspiring to me, and I hope that it is inspiring to you. If you want to learn more about Inner Teacher and what we're doing inside of workshops and retreats, go to innerteacher.com, or you can follow us at inner underscore teacher. 
my mission is to really show that we can all trust our voices we can all listen to ourselves and that we have all the information that we need in order to start to produce and create our incredible art in whatever fashion that is. So you can find me at Nathan Hirschau, N-A-T-H-A-N-H-I-R-S-C-H-A-U-T on Instagram or NathanHirschau.com. I hope to have many more podcasts coming soon, and I hope to connect a lot of different kinds of disciplines and creators together and have places of artistic exchange and intersection. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.